0: Uh, we are uh, uh, kind of just rolling with the punches as best as we can, so uh, as most of you I think already know uh, we uh, we're not using the downstairs uh, based off of the the bank's request uh, because of some uh, safety concerns that we don't necessarily feel are as much of a concern, but we don't own the building all right. So we're trying to work with that, and uh, what I, I just want to say I appreciate you guys being flexible, and kids, as soon as we can get you back into Sunday school, we will. Um, I, I am hopeful that it happens sooner than maybe we even expected. So all I can do is ask you guys to pray, as I will be approaching the bank on several issues this week, uh, the bank being the property owner, and uh, seeing what we can do to, to try to move past all of this. Uh, also, and I'll mention this again in the morning service, Due to having to not utilize the downstairs for the time being, uh, we're moving Vacation Bible School to the end of the month, and I'll talk more about that uh, later on in the morning. But open your Bibles to John, the Gospel of John, John chapter number one, John chapter number one, and uh, that's where we're at right now. We are we are uh, making our way through and. Uh, thankful to be. Uh, we finished the book of Romans, and now we're in the Gospel of John. And it's just a, uh, it's a blessing seeing going verse by verse and line upon line to see what the Word of God says. Amen. And that is how you learn the Bible. You compare Scripture with Scripture. You don't learn the Bible by going online and seeing what someone says about it. You go through the Bible yourself, and as you compare one verse with another, and listen, let me be very careful because I think there's a Uh, a lot uh, there are two extremes within christianity one is that here's one extreme i don't need a man to teach me anything now the bible says god put people in your lives to teach you the word of god period end of story god said that not me i didn't design it that way if i was god i probably wouldn't have saved anybody so you better thank god i'm not him right uh, but he chose to save us, and then on top of that, to give us people to help direct and lead our lives in giving us the Word of God. Now, there's the other extreme, which is this. If someone said it, and they quoted the Bible when they said it, they must be right. That's not a good uh, position to take either, all right? So what you need to do is open up your Bible and go verse by verse and compare Scripture with Scripture to see what the Word of God is saying, because that, that is literally what the Bible says. The Bible is its own greatest commentary, guys, but The Bible says line upon line, precept upon precept, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In so many words, okay, I'm going to look at what the Word of God says here, divinely inspired by the Spirit of God, with what it says over here, also divinely inspired by the Spirit of God, to learn what the Bible says about any subject matter in my life. You want to learn about hope? Do a word study on the word hope in your Bible. You know what you're going to find out? The word hope in in the King James Bible does not mean what you always think it means, all right? The word hope could not, the way we use this, I hope I can make it to the store. The word of God uses the word hope as a confident fact. It is something that I know, I just haven't experienced it yet, therefore I am hoping for it. In other words, I am waiting for it. You know how you learn that? By comparing Scripture with Scripture to see how that word is used. And so as we go line upon line in the Gospel of John, my prayer is that you get a lot out of what God wants you to see again in this book. Now go to the very end of the book. Go to John chapter 20, John chapter 20, John 20. And I know we saw this last week. We're going to look at it one more time. But when we're talking about the purpose of the book itself, the reason the go- this particular Gospel was given, we talked about how every Gospel has a different, uh, presents Jesus Christ in a different light. You have Matthew that presents him as a king. Mark presents him as a servant. Luke presents him as a man. But John presents him as God. All right. And and we saw last week by comparing a lot of verses that when when Jesus called himself the son of God, he made himself equal with God. You guys remember that? John chapter 5, John chapter 8. And that's why when he said what he said, they picked up stones to stone him. All right. So look at John chapter 20 in verse number 30. And again, you, you kind of have to go through the entire book to to get to this right uh, it doesn 't put it at the front of the book, it puts it at the end right and that 's how the Lord works. The Lord goes, "Are you willing to read this even though you don 't always understand it? Are you willing to keep going even though you don 't get it all And as you continue to push through, the Lord puts this thing right there toward the end of the book, John twenty verse thirty and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written, that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the what? Son of God. God. There's that title. And that believing you might have life through His name. So go back to John chapter 1. Again, we're going to see this, uh, uh, a a few titles given to Jesus Christ. One of them we just saw, the Son of God. But the other we're going to look at this morning is the Word of God. And I want to be able to show you that, there's a difference between those titles and while they're describing the same person all right one has more to do with with being found within the space of time and one is more of an eternal title given to jesus christ because he is eternal because he is god amen all right let's go to the word uh, the lord in prayer real quick before we jump all the way in. father thank you so much for this book thank you so much for our bibles and god i pray that you'd make our hearts and our minds attentive this morning lord i pray that you'd uh, help us to put out all the distractions, or all the things out there that, Lord, uh, are in so many in so many words. God, they are they're keeping us from being able to soak in the Word of God. And Lord, uh, church is a lot like the the parable of the sower and the seed. Lord, you're trying to put seed in our lives, the Word of God in our lives. And Lord, sometimes we're stony, and sometimes we're thorny, and sometimes, uh, Lord, uh, we're we're kind of out in the wayside and. We just pray we're neither we're none of those things this morning. God, help us to be good ground. Lord, as the seed falls in, Lord, that we could take it, that we would listen to it, and that we do something with it and bear fruit in our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, John chapter number one. Look, if you would, at verse number one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Clearly, this is a reference to Jesus Christ. The same was in the beginning with God, All things were made by him. This this attributes creation to the person of Jesus Christ. So if he is involved in creation, he cannot be part of it. Are you with me? In in the sense that he existed before all things were created. You need to get a hold of that. Uh, You say, well, he came as a man. Yeah, he submitted to that. We're going to explain this in a moment. And that's when he became the son of God. Because prior to that, in eternity, he already existed. Now, if you're going, ah, my mind, I can't take it, join the club, guys. How do you explain eternity anyways? How do you explain someone who has always been, who always will be? You know why we struggle with that? Because I was born here, and I'm going to die here. And even as it relates to, well, you're going to live eternally. Okay, fine. I'll live eternally going out into the future, but I didn't exist forever in the eternity past. That's who God is. All right, And so it says here, all things were made by Him. In other words, all that, that is created was made by Jesus Christ, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Talking about Jesus Christ and, and how the, the world didn't receive Him, go down if you would to oh, verse 9. That was the true light, talking about Jesus Christ, which lighteth every man that cometh in the world he was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not we're going to explain what all that means here but i want to uh, again call your attention to the fact that jesus christ is not a created being all right uh the in the uh new world translation which is the jehovah's witness uh version uh what they do there in uh john chapter 1 there in verse number uh, 1. It says, and the Word was God. You know what they say? And the Word was a God. All right, well, that's not, the right, that's not right, guys. Jesus Christ is not just a God. He is God. Right. The God, the Alpha. And the, we, we looked at the verses last week, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. Uh, but I want you to go for the sake of any of our Sunday school teachers, which is kind of nice to have you here in with us uh, this morning, that weren't here. Go to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah forty-three. And we'll just look at a, a few of these thoughts in regards to the eternal nature of Jesus Christ. And what I hope to be able to show you is that uh, he always has been. He is the I am. Uh, not the I was that I that I, that I I was. The I am that I am. Right? We saw that last week in uh, Exodus when Moses is saying, who do I say sent me? He says, tell them I am that I am. That's Jehovah. That's Jehovah God. That's The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, in your Bible, that's Jehovah. And yet, when Jesus Christ uh, shows up in John 8, and He's disputing with the Pharisees about who He is, He says, before Abraham was, I am. (laughs) Not I was, but I am. Look at Isaiah 43, and look, if you would, at verse number 10. Isaiah 43, in verse number 10, "...Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord." And my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed. Let me just say this right now. Uh, If they claim that Jesus Christ is a created God, you're going to have a problem with the rest of this verse. Look what it says. Neither shall there be after me. There is no other God. To claim that Jesus Christ is a created God undermines the authority of the Bible, first off, and secondly, teaches something that God that, that clearly contradicts Scripture. There never was another God. There never will be another God. Now, there are false gods. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. There are such things as false gods, but you don't want to put Jesus Christ in that category. Amen? Uh, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And look what it says about the devil himself. Look at verse 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the, little g, God of this world. That is not Jesus Christ. That's little g. Look what it says about this God. This is a false God, an imitation God. In whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light, which is what Jesus Christ brought, uh, the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So clearly, clearly from Isaiah, which you know what's fascinating about this, guys? Isaiah 43 is one of the, one of the favorite uh, passages for Jehovah's Witnesses. And in their, own, in their own book, which they don't change that much, there is no God before or after. So how Jesus Christ shows up in John 1 as a God, a created God, It it contradicts their own book, and it contradicts the word of God, more importantly. And what you have to understand is Jesus Christ is not our created God. Look at Isaiah chapter 22, Isaiah 22. You see, how do you learn the word of God? By going to a lot of scripture. Uh, Someone recently asked me, do you have a photographic memory? I said, absolutely not. Uh what I, what I do believe is this, the more you go over and over and over and over and over something, the more it gets in your heart and your mind. Uh, look at Isaiah 20, which is a good thing when it comes to the Word of God. You need more of it. You guys are getting the news cycle 24-7 in Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and your email and the buzz, buzz, buzz from your phone and everything that's going on in your life all the time. You need more of the Bible in your life. You do. Uh, Look at Isaiah 22, and look if you would at verse, uh, that is not right, that is not right. Ah, I know what I said, Isaiah 22, go to Revelation 22, sorry guys. Uh, Isaiah 22, that's great, but it is not what we want to look at right now, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Uh, Revelation 22, forgive me, and uh, multiple times you find this in the book of Revelation, and uh, what you find is a reference to who Jesus Christ is. Now, in the Gospel of John, we're going to go through it. I'm not going to go through it necessarily this morning. uh, But you know what you have in the Gospel of John? You have a a number of references where Jesus Christ starts with the words, I am. And you might find that to be insignificant if you're a casual reader of the Bible. But the more you get into it, the more you realize that's not an insignificant thing. That's a very critical matter. Because what he's doing is he is aligning himself With Jehovah God, he is saying, I am he. Do you remember what we saw last week where Thomas says, show us the Father? And Jesus says, haven't I been with you this whole time? Uh, He that has seen me has seen the Father. He says, I and my Father are one, right? Now, you know what you find throughout the Gospel of John? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the shepherd of the sheep. I am the door." I am the vine, ye are the branches, right? So on and so forth, all through the Gospel of John. More so in the Gospel of John than in any other book. Why do you suppose that is? Because if the Gospel of John is there to show us that Jesus Christ is God, it would make sense that in that Gospel, more than in any other Gospel, he says, I am, I am, I am, I am, thus aligning himself with Jehovah, with God himself. All right, so look at Revelation chapter 22, and notice what you find here. Also written by John, all right, the the, the disciple. In Revelation 22, look if you would at verse uh, 13. I am what? Alpha. Alpha and omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now, you know what he's saying there? He's saying, I'm God. I'm, I, I started everything. I'm going to end everything, all right? Uh, you understand that over in... Uh, we don't have to turn there right now. Go back to the Gospel of John. But over in 2 Peter... What you find is you find that the way this thing's going to end up uh, is, uh, let, me, let me just get this off my chest, uh, the, the climate activists are right in one sense. The earth is eventually going to burn up, but it's not going to happen the way that they're thinking. And uh, you know how it's going to happen? It's going to happen the way the scientists thought the earth was started, which is crazy. It's going to happen with a Big Bang. And the Bible says the elements are going to melt with the fervent heat. Just like the Lord spoke the world into existence, he's going to speak it out of existence, and everything's going to melt away than you know are going to have at the end of all of that. Uh, the Bible says after the, end of the ra- after the rapture, after the tribulation, uh, after the thousand-year reign of uh, of Jesus Christ on the earth, did I just drop something? Oh, okay, just a kid. We just We didn't drop a kid, did we? Okay, all right, all right. Well, maybe, maybe drop them, it'll fix whatever's wrong there. Okay, all right. Uh, it's my kid, don't worry, it's my kid. All right. So after the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ, after all that, you know what you have? You have eternity. Well, do you know how this whole thing started? It started with the Lord saying, in the beginning, he said, let there be light. Boom, there was light. You know what he's going to say at the end? He said, let there be eternity. You know what's going to happen? The, the elements are going to melt with the fervent heat. And the way that he started this thing, he's going to end this thing by speaking the word which is why the Word of God is so powerful in your life, and it's why you should speak the Word of God in your life, because that's the thing that has power to move things, all right? And so the Lord spoke it into existence. He's going to speak it out of existence. You say, who was that? Jesus. Uh, but not in His human form. You have to understand, He was around before He became a man. Now, that, that's, that's hard. Look, I, I told you to go to John. I'm sorry. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 3 real quickly. I, I know some of you have this verse memorized, and that's good. Uh, if you don't have it memorized... Um, that's a good verse to memorize, but at least know where it can be found. Mark it in your Bible, highlight it, circle it, underline it, do something, because it's one of the greatest verses in your Bible that points to the subject that we're talking about, which is this, the deity of Jesus Christ, or the divinity, or the fact that Jesus Christ is God. All right? If He's not God, you know what you have? You have a prophet. Now I I I'm I'm going to be careful of saying you have a prophet like Muhammad because Jesus Christ was nothing like Muhammad, but but in the sense that, that that they are both claiming to be sent from God, that much would be similar, all right? Do you know why Jesus is different? Because he's not just a man; he wasn't just born through physical normal means. We understand that from the virgin birth, and we understand that not just from his birth, but from his resurrection, because according to Romans, that's how he declares to be the Son of God with power right? According to the resurrection. It is because of it. That that is the final proof that says, you know what? I claimed it my entire life. I told you I was born of a virgin, but they rejected him and they didn't believe him. He goes, okay, I want to prove it once and for all with my resurrection. And so you know what he claims to be? He claims to be the son of God, all right? Uh, But he, he claims to be the son of God. And when he does that, he makes himself equal with God. First Timothy chapter three, look what it says there in verse 16. Great is the mystery of godliness. Who was manifest in the flesh? God. You guys are in the same passage with me, right? Okay. All right. God was manifest in the flesh. All right. Well, that that you read the rest of the verse, clearly you know that's talking about Jesus Christ. Uh, look back at John chapter 1. John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And we'll, we're going to... Tackle this a little bit more in depth later on, but look at John chapter 1. Look at verse 14. And the Word was made what? Do you see that it says the Word was made flesh? You know what that tells you? The Word was already there. All right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and without Him was not anything made that was made. All right? So it's showing you that Jesus Christ is, in fact, God, But then he became a man. And therein lies the mystery of godliness that God could become a man. That he's 100%. It's not 50% God and 50% man, right? It's 100% God and 100% man. Thus the mystery. You say, can you explain it? Nope. I can tell you biblically all the verses, but I, I can't wrap my mind around it completely. You know what that's called? Faith. Let me just say this, guys, if God operated the way that that confined himself to doing things that made sense to you, he wouldn't be God, all right? And that's the problem you have in your own personal life is that when God does things, you look at it and go, well, I wouldn't do it that way. Well, you know what? That's why we should all say, thank God that you and I are not him because his ways are higher than ours and his thoughts are higher than ours, so on and so forth, all right? Look at John chapter one, and I want you to see again that, that we're looking at this idea of uh, the Word, the title, the Word, and we haven't yet gotten to the the title, the Son of God yet, all right, not in reference to Jesus Christ. So far, all that we've seen Him called in these verses is the Word of God. We understand later on throughout the gospel, uh, as He comes as a man, He's called the Son of God. That was His claim to deity. We get that. But so far, when we're talking about before He came, where was He? I have people say, well, where was Jesus before He came? He was God, all right, and he was, his title was the Word, and I think it's important to get a hold of that because it'll help you kind of understand, third time's the charm, fourth time's the charm, fifth time's the charm, Six, there we go, all right, so we don't know why, it, it's kind of fickle, it's a little emotional, kind of delicate, the machine sometimes clicks right away, sometimes it goes, nope, I ain't moving, uh, but uh, the, the title, of The Word of God, is, is a, an important one. It's, a, it's one that you need to pay attention to. And it's very significant because of this. Right? It it's kind of points us to the fact that God is not going to be silent about Himself. And one of, the, one of the challenges that people have when they come to the Bible is they want God to be a, 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 an object of observation. If I just study enough, then I'll know. I think you should study enough, listen, but, but the Bible commands us clearly to study, but there comes a point in time where you go, you know what, I don't understand that, but God said it, therefore I believe it, that doesn't absolve me from studying it, but that, that also doesn't mean I won't believe it until I, I understand it all, because if your belief is simply based on your understanding, then guess what, that kind of eliminates God out of everything. And the Bible says, he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. You exist, you're breathing, and your heart is pumping, and you're existing right now for one purpose, to please God. And you can't do it without faith. So you know what you find out? You find out that the word of God, that title of the word of God, points us to the fact that God is a communicator. God was not going to be silent about himself. God wanted to reveal himself to mankind. And God does that through two means. All right, God does that through the written word of God, and he does it through the living word of God, Jesus Christ. All right, and, and you know what the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. He gives us the written word and the living word, the person of the word of God, and he goes, there it is. Now, whether you believe it or not is up to you. But God has communicated. People say all the time, Well, I think it's uh, unfair, though. How could a loving God send anybody to hell? How about this? Why would a rational human being that knows that there's a loving God that loved enough to send his own son to die for him in his place reject that loving God's gift? Why is it always God's fault when someone goes to hell? Right? You say, what is that? Well, I just can't believe because God has already revealed himself. People just don't want to open their eyes. The Word of God, that title shows us that God wanted to communicate Himself to mankind. Look at Genesis chapter 1. Let me show you something from the very beginning. Genesis chapter number 1. In the first chapter of your Bible, you know what you find the Lord doing? He's doing what every wife wishes her husband would do. He's talking. Right, Ladies, you ever talk to Him and and He's just like this. And you go, are you listening? And he goes, yeah. (laughs) And then you ask him like what you were talking about. He's like, you know, stuff. (laughs) And and then like, that's like the end of the conversation. You know what you want? You want a communicator. You know what God is? God's a communicator. From the very beginning, God is speaking. Look at Genesis chapter one and look at verse number three. And God said, all right, look at verse number six. And God said, Look at verse number 9, and God said. Look at verse number 8, and God called. Uh, Look at verse number 10, and God called. Verse number 11, and God said. Verse number 14, and God said. From the the very beginning, you know what God's doing? He's speaking. So it's fitting that the title to Jesus Christ in eternity past is the Word of God because you know what eventually is going to happen whenever uh, you go past eternity and get into time? When God desires to communicate to all of mankind What a perfect man looks like and what God's plan for our lives is, he sends his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's communication to us. So he's called the word of God. It's it's a very fitting title. Uh, Look at Philippians chapter number four. Let me show you this. Another way that the word communicate is used in your Bible. Philippians chapter number four. Philippians chapter number four. Look, if you would, at verse number 14, Philippians chapter 4, Philippians 4, verse number 14. I thought that was great, but I'm in the wrong book, Ephesians. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 14, notwithstanding ye have well done that ye did what? Communicate. Communicate. Now, let's see how that word is used in our Bible. And I'm going to tell you right now, I took three years of Greek. I did pretty good in school in Greek. But you know what? I don't have to go to the Greek to show you what the word means. Let me show you. You can do this in fifth grade English. All right, here we go. All right, verse uh, 15. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, that's when Paul started preaching the gospel, the beginning of his ministering of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning what? giving. Giving and receiving, but ye only. The word communicate is something that is not just referencing speech, but a matter of getting out. Now, listen, think about this. When there is speech going on, what do you have to have? You have to have a transmitter and you have to have receivers, right? The way that this microphone works, right? There's a, there's a transmitter and there's a receiver that takes it and puts it out so you can receive what's being, what's supposed to be amplified over those speakers. So the idea is this. God is the communicator. We should be the receivers, right? So the word communicate is not just speech, but rather giving and receiving. That's how Paul uses it. He says, look, no one communicated with me in regards to ministering to my physical and carnal needs in regards to giving and receiving, but ye only. You know what that points to the fact of? For God so loved the world that he... And what is it that he gave? He gave his own son, Jesus Christ. So when we see the title, the Word of God, we're seeing that this is God's expression of love to us. This is God's expression of himself to us in a way that we could receive it because Jesus Christ was man. I shared this with you last week, and I'll I'll mention it again. Uh, Listen, the Bible says, no man has seen God at any time. And yet, when Thomas says, show us the Father, he goes, you're looking at him. You know what that says? That says Jesus Christ, in eternity past the word of God, in time the Son of God, encapsulating God in the flesh. He is God in, in human form, in a way that we could what? Receive Him. Uh, look at John chapter 1. Go to John chapter 1. John chapter number 1. Look at verse number 12. But as many as what? You see that? There's communicating going on with the, from God the Father. God is saying, okay, I'm communicating with you. I'm giving you something. Now it's your turn. When you present the gospel to a lost person, you know what you say? You say, look, here's the gospel. Here's what God did for you. Here's your condition. And you either accept it or you reject it. You have to receive it and make it your own. So you know what God did? God communicated The Word, not just the written Word in the Bible, but He communicated the Word in a person through Jesus Christ. What an an awesome thought, that God would communicate Himself to us in human form through the person of Jesus Christ. Now, you need to get a hold of this. Look down at verse 18, same passage. All right, Uh, John 1.18, No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son. I would underline that, and the reason I would underline that is because um, some of the the some Bibles change this to say the only Son of God, and here's the problem with that. Look back at verse 12. Let me ask you a question: When you got saved, what did you become? You became a son of God. John 1:12, 1, 1 John chapter uh, three, uh, beloved, it doth not yet appear we shall be. We know that when we shall, uh, 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 we know we are called the sons of God. When He shall appear, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. You're a son of God the moment you got saved. He's not the only son. He's the only begotten son. All right? Now, go back to Genesis to see what I mean by this. Look at Genesis chapter 5. I told you guys, we'll be flipping through the Bible quite a bit. Some of you are like, man, my arms are getting tired. It's a good workout, right? All right? Uh, Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5. Workout. Flex those spiritual muscles. Amen? Genesis chapter 5. I got to say spiritual. Otherwise, Stian's going to show us all up and start flexing, and we can't have that. All right? Genesis chapter five sounds like nope, not me. Uh, Genesis chapter five, look if you would at verse number three. Genesis five, verse three, and Adam lived one hundred and thirty years, and look at this, he begat what? In his own likeness, and after his image, and called his name Seth. All right, so you know what that is? He bore, he brought a man child. Uh, through his wife, of course, but he was the, the giver of the seed, so to speak, that biologically, for the man to be born, therefore, he begot that son. Well, let me just say this. Over there in Luke, when Mary's fretting about what's going on with this baby inside of her, all right, and she's fretting about it, you know what the angel says? Uh, he says, fear not the thing which is conceived in these conceived of the Holy Ghost. You know where that seed came from? It was spiritual seed from God the Father. It wasn't from a man. Are you following me so far? So Jesus Christ, the title of the Son of God, what it does is it associates Him with, with, with an element that we can understand. All right, Here's the element right here, time. So He's not called the only begotten Son until He's begotten, until He comes to this earth as a child, as a baby. All right, Prior to that, in eternity, He's called the Word of God. Well, when God reveals himself to mankind, and God uh, uh, confines himself to this thing called time that we all understand, you know, we go and we say, well, 2,000 years ago, a man named Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, so on and so forth, and, you know, and and 33 and a half years later, he died, he was crucified for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again. We can can understand that because it's confined within time. What we have a hard time understanding is eternity. So when he shows up as a man, he goes, you know what my title's going to be? The Son of God. I am the only begotten Son of God because nobody else ever came into this world supernaturally like I did, right? And therein lies the title and the difference between the title, of the Son of God, versus the Word of God. This one has an eternal uh, connotation to it, this one has a matter of time connected to it. All right, because this title is really not given until he dips into time and becomes one of us. Prior to that, he is the Word of God. All right, is this making sense so far? All right, so he's the only begotten Son of God. Look at John chapter 3. You should know the verse pretty well. John chapter 3. Look at verse 16. Some of you could quote, probably most of you could quote it. That's great. I remember a couple years ago uh, for a Super Bowl. Uh, that verse was put up there, maybe uh, a different version, I can't remember, but the verse was put up there, John three sixteen. Anybody remember that? Uh, and, uh, I mean, you got to open your pocket pretty big to have that kind of money to throw at something. But if you're going to throw money at something, throwing John 3, 16 for moons of people to see it, not a bad idea at all. All right? Uh, look at John 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. There it is right there. His only, not only son but his only begotten son, all right, because you are a son of God, all right, I'm a son of God, but I'm not the only begotten, Jesus Christ is the one that was begotten by God the Father in human form, I can't claim that, I can claim that I've been given the title son of God because of a spiritual birth, Jesus Christ gets that title through a physical birth, this making sense yet, All right, so he was the Word of God, and then he comes in a time, and he's called the Son of God. Now, I'm going to give you one exception, because I've been telling you that it's not until which time he comes in the New Testament that you see that title given to him. Uh, Look at Daniel chapter 3. There's one exception, but you know what exceptions generally prove? Exceptions prove the rule, all right? So so, uh, Daniel chapter number 3. Look at Daniel chapter 3, because uh, throughout the Old Testament... There are a lot of titles given to the coming Messiah. all right. But Son of God is generally not one of them. Matter of fact, it doesn't show up, at least not in the way that you're thinking at all. However, in Daniel chapter 3, you have a lost Gentile king. And he says something about what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego experience. And he's putting it into words, the only words that he knows how to frame it. And this is what he says about whoever the fourth man is in the fire. There's been some great songs about a fourth man in the fire. Just remember this. Anytime you're going through a fiery trial, the Lord goes with you. You are not alone, right? Those three Hebrew boys get thrown in that fire, and they did not go in alone. Look at uh, verse 25. He answered and said, "Lo, I. This is the king speaking. I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the? In the best way that lost Gentile king could describe, he goes, man, if God could show up here, it would look like that. And so there's that one exception in the Old Testament where someone is pointing to someone and says, they look like the son of God, where that title shows up. And, and, and listen, let me just say this, and I don't have time to, to get into all of this this morning. The Bible is a very interesting book, all right? But you're going to find... Uh, in your Old Testament, a particular phrase, right? And that phrase is the angel of the Lord. And when that thing shows up, oh, this marker stinks. Uh, angel of the Lord, all right? When that thing shows up, it is a... Let me see if we can flip this around. You better be better than the other side. You're not much better, all right? All right, Now, now let me... Let me show you this real quick, all right? Because when you see a word like, ooh, theophany, ooh, that's, that's a big word. Let me break that down for you, all right? All that is, all you Spanish speakers here, what's the name for God in Spanish? Dios, Dios right? Dios, divinity, right? Deity, so on and so forth. You say, where does it come from? Theos. It's, a, it's just a Greek word. It just means God. And you say, what is this? Theophany, this is, this is a, another word uh from the greek it just means an appearance all right so you know what you have in the old testament and and scholars and commentators will use this big fancy word don't let that stuff scare you all right you are not in a church where the pastor wants to lord over you with big fancy words and go you better go to school like i did or else you can't learn the bible because that's not how that works all right uh so so here's what you got you got an appearance of god in the old testament all right and the angel of the Lord shows up, and uh, as best as I can describe it, you know what that is? It is a... I'm not using this marker. I refuse to use that marker. It is up here somewhere. It's marking my Bible, all right? Um, it is a pre-incarnate. Again, don't let the word scare you. You go to Taco Hell, and you order something with carne, right? All right? You say, what is that? That's flesh. That's all that is, all right? So... In, carnate means in flesh. So Jesus Christ came in the flesh, right? We understand that he wasn't just, as he says, a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Remember that? That was after his resurrection that he said that. All right. So before he showed up as a baby in that uh, 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 manger scene there in the gospel of Luke, all right, before the Lord shows up there, you say, where was he? Well, he existed. He was the Word. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He was God, and he, he is God, and He was with God from the beginning. All right. So where was He? Well, every once in a while, you'll have someone that shows up that's called the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. And as best, without me going into a four-hour-long dissertation on this right now, because we don't have time for it, here's what I'm going to say. All right. Some of you are like, yeah, Pastor, we got through like two slides. Move along, move along. All right. So what I can tell you is this. The angel of the Lord will show up, and you know what it is? It's Jesus, or I should say rather, excuse me, it is the word of God appearing as a man. Now you say, why didn't you call him Jesus? Well, that's the name he's given once he shows up. Let me show you something real quick. Uh, Remember uh, over there, the Philippian jailer that gets saved? Remember that in Acts chapter 16? Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus. Is that what he says? No. He didn't say that. Does he say uh, get the the, the second blessing and have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? He doesn't say that. Uh, He doesn't say join the church. You know what he says? He says believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? So let me show you this. Lord clearly shows his divinity. All right? jesus shows his humanity and you know what christ shows it shows prophecy fulfilled you know who he is christ means the anointed of god you might put it this way here's a representative a representation of the trinity all in one you've got the father you've got the son and you've got the holy ghost you say when does he prove himself to be the anointed one of god well, over there at the baptism, over there in Matthew chapter number 3, the Holy Spirit comes down, and that's when He begins His public ministry. All right? So you need to understand, He's not just Jesus. He is Jesus as a man, but before He was Jesus, He was there. Amen? And He was the Lord, and when He comes to this earth, He's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the fulfillment of prophecy. All right? So what I want you to understand is this. I want you to understand that that Jesus Christ always existed Not necessarily in the form in which he exists right now as a man, but he always existed. He was the Word. And I'm going to give you this uh, uh, whenever he shows up, go to Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. The media guys, they always ask me for the title before I do Sunday school, and I think I'm going to start giving it to them after I do it because I give them all the things we're going to talk about, and we get through like one out of three. So uh, thank you for being gracious. Amen. Revelation 19, look if you would at verse number 12. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the what? So from eternity past to when he comes back to establish his kingdom on the earth, he's going to be the word. Now go back to John chapter number one, John chapter one. And I want you to close with this one thought. John chapter one. I'm not sure where to point this thing. Uh, I think I'm just pointing at Caleb. Is that okay? Point at you. All right. John chapter one. Look, if you would, at verse uh, number four. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. I'm going to close with this last thought. I'm going to dip into this much further next week, but you have no real light without God. People talk about getting enlightened and all that kind of stuff. They have no idea what they're talking about. I don't mean that in a mean way. They just don't know. True light comes from God. Any true light that you're going to get in this life about any matter of truth is going to come from God. Let me just say this as well. I don't have my own truth, and you don't have your own truth, and that person has their own truth. There is either truth or falsehood, and it's not based on me possessing it. It's God's truth. God is the one that owns it, right? Truth is not like, I, I can't mold it and shape it into what I want. That's what we try to do. The mantra of today is, well, that's just your truth, right? right. And, and and really, I literally saw an interview where someone was using the word true And this college professor says, if you use that word one more time, this interview is over in the next 30 seconds. I will not go further. That word offends me. I don't like. I thought to myself, what a thin-skinned little pansy. Man, you don't agree with someone, so you can't talk with them? That's the world you're living in today. Uh, But that said, truth is not a matter of, that's why the guy got all squirmy, because he knows there isn't my truth and your truth. There's only truth. (laughs) And you have it or you don't look at uh, Psalm chapter 1 uh, chapter 36 rather Psalm 36 and we'll close with this thought today Psalm chapter 36 and when we uh, have a word of prayer and are dismissed uh, we're going to have uh, the kids that would normally be in Sunday school follow brother Craig and their Sunday school teachers out uh, to the grassy area over there in the corner of the parking lot and they uh, got a little treat for them they've got their Uh, handouts for what would have been their lesson today as well. Psalm chapter number 36. Psalm 36, look if you would at verse number nine. You want life? You want real life? The Bible says Jesus Christ said, I can give life and I give it more abundantly. You're not gonna have a better life outside of Jesus Christ. All right, Look, look at Psalm 36 verse nine. For with thee is the fountain of life. You know what he says? I've got water that if you drink of it, you'll never thirst again. For with thee is the fountain of life. In Thy light, shall we? What? You won't get real light if you're not in His light. Outside of His light, you know what it is? It's darkness. And the, listen to me, the darkness comprehended it not. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Hope you enjoyed the Sunday school hour and got something out of that, kids. There'll be a pop quiz. They're <laughs> like, I was coloring the whole time, man. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's close the word of prayer. Uh, Uh, Brother Joe, if you'd ask God's blessing, we just learned.